In this episode, we're talking about the three secrets to stop overindulging in masturbation. This is the Forever Love Podcast, and I am your host and relationship coach, Lily Matonguiza. And this episode is really a follow-up to the previous two episodes in which we've been talking a lot about masturbation and why and if it's a sin and how to deal with the temptation and what to do about those urges. And one of the previous episodes was a live Q&A where Our community got together and asked me questions about their issues and their situation and got some coaching and feedback on what they can do to really begin to take back control of their own bodies and feel less out of control and feel, stop feeling like masturbation is something they have no power and control over. It's just something they have to do. Now, in this episode, I really want to go deeper in the how do you cut back? How do you manage that? How do you eliminate the desire, which is really important because you can't want to do something and not want to do something at the same time and allow your brain to auto decide for you what you're going to do because your brain will automatically choose the easiest path, which is going to be to indulge in pleasure. But this is usually a false pleasure. So we want to know how do we work through that? So let's get started. job as a coach is to ask really good questions that help you begin to challenge some of your default thinking and really look inward to Christ within for the answers. So I want to start by asking you this question. Why are you struggling with sexual urges? Are you using it as a band-aid solution for other emotions? Do you want to stop completely because not everyone does? They just want to be less of a hyper desire and they want to feel like they can indulge in it sometimes and also say no to it at other times. Some women feel like they're totally out of control with it. They can't sleep without it and it's become a negative habit. When it comes to orgasms, Sometimes it feels like one is never enough. We think that we're going to do it this one last time and then we're going to stop and we're going to develop more self-control and we're going to deepen our relationship with God and it's going to be the end of it this time. But it isn't. And then we keep looking for more ways to get off and sometimes our desire kind of devolves into watching porn or sex outside of marriage and not in the context of like a committed relationship that, you know, we just got a little too frisky and we're really in love, but just seeking sexual pleasure in unhealthy ways that do not serve you. So we want to really be aware of this so we don't enable ourselves to go down the path of even more unwanted behaviors like porn and sexting and other indulgent things that don't feel good to us, don't feel like who we want to be at our very best. 
I don't want to teach you to manage or try to avoid your desire for sexual satisfaction. I want to help you reduce it and redirect it towards your God-given desire for marriage because that energy you have, that sexual energy, it's really powerful and I don't want you to waste it on these unsatisfying little solo orgasms that make you cry in the end and go off to search for cookies and Netflix. I don't want you to have to live in a self-imposed prison where you can't ever be exposed to any form of sexual temptation or else you're going to automatically give in. We can't avoid reality forever. Whether or not you want to completely eliminate masturbation from your single life or just learn how to take back control over your own body, you're going to get a lot of really helpful insight and ideas from this episode. I used to be someone who couldn't sleep without releasing that tension. And I'll be really honest with you, I discovered masturbation at a really young age. Um, I saw porn by the time I was at least 11, and it became something that I craved all through my teenage years. I lost my virginity at probably about 13 and went down a very difficult path of looking for love and looking for pleasure and looking for release and escape from my life through the path of sexual pleasure in a really negative way. And this isn't going to be the case for everybody. It's probably not the case for most people, but that was my reality. And I have discovered that As I built up my desire for this thing, for sexual release, it became something I had less and less control over. As I moved into my adulthood, I wanted less and less of a relationship with God because I was living with so much shame over what I wanted. And I felt like, or I thought I couldn't have a relationship with God and enjoy all the things that I wanted physically at the same time. They were just incompatible and the desire for the worldly satisfaction was so, so strong that I gave up my relationship with God for a really long time. And it took me years to get to a place where I realized that this impulsive and rebellious behavior did not serve me. I thought for a long time it really did. I thought this was what I wanted and I'm doing what I want and no one can tell me otherwise. And it felt very empowering. I told myself an empowering story about the way I was living and I was wrong. When I met my husband, he had a relationship with God and I realized how high my sex drive was. Um, He wanted to wait until marriage. I thought that was silly. And I won. I'll be honest with y'all. We did not wait until marriage at all. And that was primarily because I didn't know how to love or receive love or confirm love without that sexual component. And it really almost burned the relationship to the ground because there was a point where I just I just couldn't believe that he loved me unless he was showing it to me physically. And it's not like having sex reduced my desire to masturbate. I still 
couldn't go to sleep without touching myself and having another orgasm. And I think that's a very common myth that many people believe that once you have someone with whom you can share that sexual desire, your desire for these solo enterprises will diminish. And that is not necessarily true. Now, during our courtship phase, God had us spend a lot of time apart. My husband was usually in Toronto while I was up in northern Canada, which is millions of miles apart. And I believe that really helped us to build our relationship emotionally and spiritually and really bring God into it rather than allowing it to continue based on physical desire and attraction. And as my relationship with God deepened, I realized just how out of control my sexual desires and urges were. And of course, in the beginning, I used all kinds of willpower and pure force to try to get myself to stop. And that didn't work. When we try to avoid and resist those urges, they have a habit of growing and becoming more and more intense. And they just sit there and wait until you have a really hard time and then show up again with full force. And then you give in and you go through that whole shame spiral of like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I figure this out? Why can't I stop? It's going to ruin my relationships. It's going to ruin my love for God. God's going to be disappointed with me. Our brain goes into overdrive after the fact on why this is so problematic for us. So if you're at the point in your life where you want to not want masturbation, this episode is for you. Okay, I have another question for you. How much time are you spending thinking about your sexual urges? And how does masturbation actually make you feel? Not while you're doing it, but after the fact, when the orgasm is over, how does masturbation actually make you feel? And I'm so glad we're talking about this because I realize how difficult that is. We don't talk about it in the church. We don't talk about it amongst ourselves. We can't tell our friends about it. Like This is a very lonely secret to carry. And I want this to be a safe space where we can address it, not from a place of shame or condemnation, but from a really thoughtful, um, even scientific approach to why this isn't working for you and how you can use your relationship with God and your true God-given desires um, to really begin to take the pressure off yourself and deal with this false pleasure in a way that is empowering and has a, a positive result in your life. So if your sexual desires have left you feeling unfulfilled and in more pain than pleasure, I want you to know you can heal from this. You are going to heal from this. And I want to know, are you pretending to enjoy this kind of pleasure more than you really are? Think about that for a second. So often we're like, no, it's fun. I enjoy this. This is me time. I like this. But do you? 
This is usually a secret addiction. It seems normal. And we think we should be able to do this. And you don't have a problem. And you're not addicted to porn or anything. So it's probably okay, right? But if you want to, I want to help you unwind that desire. So why do you desire masturbation? Where is this desire coming from? Is it an intrinsic God-given desire like your desire for marriage? No, it's coming from marketing. It is a learned behavior. You have been conditioned by your surroundings to be turned on, to be sexually stimulated. Now, To create a really strong habit and even an addiction requires three things. You need to have repetition, motivation, and reward. And with masturbation, we absolutely have all three in large supply. So I want you to think for a moment about how your desire for masturbation has been conditioned and What are the triggers and the stimuli that get you there, that get you to participate in this action? Maybe it's when you get home from work or when you get into bed or put on those comfy pajama pants. Maybe it's in the shower or maybe it's when you're watching Netflix. Typically, we are conditioning ourselves and we are conditioned to have this as a very secret, very private little indulgence. Most of us don't have a problem with masturbation in public places. We don't have the desire to have an orgasm when we are out doing our shopping and, you know, we just don't associate the pharmacy as a trigger for hands down pants, etc. But when conditioning is repeated enough, it becomes unconscious and it begins to feel like we're out of control and it's like it's happening against our own will. Now, keep in mind that orgasms come with a huge hit of oxytocin, which is then followed up by dopamine. And this is a huge reward for our system and it creates with it the desire to connect. But Ultimately, when we're doing this by ourselves, we usually feel really alone. I don't know about you, but I've certainly had experiences where, you know, I've done it and then I just find myself in tears, really miserable and just feeling so alone. And then this becomes the secret way in which we deal with our emotions and our loneliness. And it's shrouded with all this shame and again, secrecy. And we often compound the problem because then it's not enough and we want to find something else to numb the feelings down, to push those feelings down deeper. And we, we smother them with, with sleep or cookies and cake and chocolate or sexting or something else just to help us distract ourselves from our pain. And we create a situation that feels worse and worse and we dig a hole that is deeper and deeper. And it's hard, right? Because nobody ever taught you or me how to deal with our emotions. And maybe in Sunday school, you had a lesson like, hey, don't worry about your emotions. They're like the clouds. They come and they go. They don't mean anything. Just ignore them. And 
that doesn't help because they're so strong. They are not like clouds. They are like tornadoes. And what do we do with them when we don't feel safe expressing them and having them? We think that if we're feeling deprived and angry and scared and lonely, that something is wrong with us, that our faith isn't strong enough, that, you know, there we have a problem and we're not allowed to share it. Now, I want to say something really important, and I really want you to hear me when I say this. If you have learned to want masturbation and orgasms, nothing is wrong with you. Your physical response is normal, and your brain and body are doing exactly what they were designed by God to do. Please don't beat yourself up because that won't help. I want to help you get curious and compassionate for where you're at and how you got there and where you want to go from here. Now, I told you that your desire for sexual satisfaction is really coming from the external world telling you that sexual satisfaction and pleasure is really, really important. But in the moment, where does it come from? Primarily, it comes from your beliefs. Because if you did not believe the world, then that messaging would have no effect on you. It's like if somebody tried to convince me to do heroin. There's just no way it's going to happen. Like, I so deeply believe that heroin is going to kill me that there's no amount of reward that would overcompensate my fear and loathing of the idea of me doing heroin. But when it comes to masturbation, we've often adopted these thoughts of like, it's relaxing, it's fun, it relieves stress, it's normal, I should be able to do it, it's just part of being human. And that all seems pretty legit, right? I mean, who says that you have to live like a monk? We also think that it would be really hard to stop and that life without it would be really unpleasant. We wouldn't enjoy our life without this little bit of added pleasure. But we have to begin to challenge those belief systems. We have to stop and really ask ourselves, like, could I live without this for the foreseeable future? Could I change this habit? Is it really all that great anyways? So I need you to become willing to challenge those thoughts. First, you have to notice them for what they are. So I really want you to begin to pay attention to the thoughts you're having and then challenge them. Also, you need to recognize that our bodies and brains want dopamine because it helps us to survive. It signals to us like you need to go out there, get some food, find some shelter, have a baby, find a mate, make a fire, stay warm and stay with the tribe. This desire for dopamine like allowed us to stay alive, to stay connected, to stay fed and sheltered and warm. And in the original context of human evolution for like the first 4000 years we would get a little dopamine hit but it was it was small like you'd go and find a friend yay and you'd go and eat some food yay but there were so many real pains of life it was cold it was not that pleasant a, a life to live in many situations that you couldn't like overdo it with the dopamine. 
But now dopamine comes in such concentrated packages that where we needed it to survive for the first three or 4,000 years of human existence, now that drive for dopamine hits could literally kill us. I mean, look at the way as a species, we seek pleasure in sugar and flour and in sex that is really pornographic and violent. And we can literally get lost in these make-believe worlds that we have created through TV and video games. Like there's so many ways to hook your brain up to these false pleasure systems and get rewarded for it over and over and over again through alcohol or gambling, like so many temptations, right? And our brain just thinks like, yay, I'm winning. Everything is awesome. And your brain only wants three things. Remember, human brains want to seek pleasure, conserve energy, and avoid pain. Seek pleasure, conserve energy, avoid pain. What better way for your brain to have a very happy day for you to get home from work, get comfy, watch some Netflix, avoid all the people and their toxicity and their problems, and just have a little bit of pleasure party all by yourself? Why would we ever go outside? Like, we've got it made. As far as our brains are concerned, we are living the life. Now, let me let you in on a little secret. Your brain does not care about you getting married at all. As far as your brain is concerned, marrying somebody and the whole process of dating and courtship and the potential for heartbreak are like, no go. We don't we don't need to do that. Why would we do that? We have a perfectly wonderful little cave to live in. It's a lovely apartment or house. We've already got our our people around us. We've found our community. We are good to go. There is no reason for us to leave the comfort zone. We are happy here. Your brain does not care if you get married. Also think about the fact that historically It was hard to avoid marriage. Everybody got married. It wasn't really optional. It wasn't something you had to work towards, especially if you were a woman. And well, I guess if you were a man too, because like most of them were arranged for you. It was the standard thing to do. You didn't have to be exceptionally smart, pretty, helpful, kind, generous, or loving. It was just a social contract to continue the species, to continue the various tribes like, let's just do this because this is what we have to do and make the best of it. And if you happen to love each other, bonus, but that was not any kind of requirement. Whether you liked him or not, you were his wife. So I just want you to be aware of the fact that your brain does not want you to go out there and find a mate. And even if you've got like baby fever sometimes, that's not necessarily going to be enough to push you out the door and out of your comfort zone, which is lovely and safe and full of pleasures and out into the world where you could experience any number of atrocities and dangers and horrible things could happen to you. Because even though the reality of dating is that it is relatively safe. 
I mean, if you take basic precautions 99% of the time, you're going to be fine. But your brain is going to over-exaggerate all the dangers. It is going to be hyper-aware of the fact that there is some percentage out there that you could get, I don't know, kidnapped, raped, murdered, scammed, or worst of all, heartbroken. So just be on to your brain when it offers you these arguments at three o'clock in the afternoon when you're going to meet somebody at the local cafe that you're probably going to be just fine. And these things that, yes, they could happen. They do happen to some people, but the chances of them happening to you are pretty slim. The reality is that we need to learn how to feel our pain, both physically and emotionally. In today's society, we don't see pain as part of our human existence. We think we've bought into the idea that we are entitled to a pain-free life. And this explains why we are so happy and willing to oblige by indulging in these concentrated forms of dopamine hits through Facebook and watching reels or maybe smoking or watching TV and flour and sugar and video games, whatever. And it's all rather ironic because, you know, we're Our brains think we need to conserve energy to survive, but the reality is that most of us need to expend a lot of energy in order to survive, in order to not become overweight, in order to have a healthy lifestyle. We have to intentionally exert energy rather than try to conserve it. And lucky for you, I have got the perfect spiritual, emotional, and physical workout for you as you attempt to learn how to allow sexual urges to be there without obeying them. Because it will take massive amounts of intention for you to override these conditioned urges. Because the reality of it all, my friend, is this, you cannot survive in today's world by seeking pleasure. It's actually the opposite. Our pleasure is so highly concentrated that it's actually killing us. So if we know that all of this pleasure seeking is ultimately going to kill us, why is it so hard to stop? Why is it that when you try to stop, You want it even more. I mean, this is the age-old question. Paul was asking it. I want the things that I want, I don't get. And the things that I don't want, I keep doing anyways. Why is that? First of all, I mean, getting help is hard, especially with this particular issue. I mean, men, if they've got uh, an addiction to porn, there's all kinds of programs and resources for them. But when it comes to women's sexual stuff, Again, not very much chatter going on about it. The message tends to be, I mean, when we think about the messages women get about sexual pleasure, it's that men have to have it. If, you do, if you're married and you're not satisfying your husband, you are depriving him of something really important. So if that's the kind of messaging we've been getting around, well, if we, we have sexual urges, we need to satisfy them. Otherwise, we're deprived and we're just going to blow up. Well, of course, it makes sense that we'll indulge ourselves if we're on our own. Like, duh. But the reality is when it comes to women's sexuality, whether you're single or you're married, most women, if they're struggling, are struggling alone and it's a very silent problem. 
But hopefully, if people like me and you keep talking about it and we're honest about the struggle, we can get somewhere. We can get more women, more help, and we can do something about this. Now, back to the original question of like, why is this so hard? One of the reasons is because of this thing called cognitive dissonance, when you want two things that are the opposite. And when it comes to a conditioned behavior, like we have with habitual masturbation or any kind of habitual thing, um, when in the Bible, when they're talking about our iniquities, I'm sure you've heard the word iniquities come up a lot. It's really talking about these habitual things, these things that we do that are against God that we do all the time pretty automatically without even thinking about it. And it comes from this place of, you know, I want to not do it, but I also want to do it. And since all of the programming for doing it is running on autopilot, we do it because it's happening before we're even really thinking about it intentionally. So if you are going to overcome this temptation, you are going to have to live your life in a much more deliberate way. Because here's what happens when we look at it through the life code. If you're not familiar with the life code, it's a tool that I use um, to explain how our thoughts affect our emotions and our feelings and why we do the things we do. And it really explains a lot. I think it's episode five or six where we kind of dive into the life code and what it is. I highly recommend you go back and check out that episode if you'd like to understand more about the nuts and bolts of how to use the life code. But in a snapshot, here's kind of what happens. So in life, life will trigger you to have a response to something. So life is you're in bed and then your brain kicks into action with a thought like, I'll need to do this in order to sleep better. And then the action is masturbation. And the reward is you get this huge dopamine hit and this oxytocin kicks in and your brain says, oh, thank you. Success. We got what we wanted. Right. And this has been ingrained in your brain so many times that it just becomes rinse and repeat. You could do this over and over again every day and your brain will be just so hunky dory happy. So when you try to stop, you are going to have to interfere with all of this pre-programmed stuff that's going on for you in your head, in your brain, literally physical wiring. Most people don't try to unwire the brain patterns that have been built up in there. They just try to use willpower. They just sit on their hands and they grit their teeth and they clench their arms really tight and they're like, I'm not going to do it. Not this time. Resist the devil. And they resist him for about 30 minutes. And then 30 minutes later, that urge pops up and they're like, you know what? Just need to go to bed. So done. So in the same way that you created this habit through repetition, you're going to need to undo the habit in the same way through repetition. And this is going to be honestly extra challenging because when you were conditioning yourself to enjoy masturbating, you had a really good reward system in place, like (laughs) natural hit of dopamine and oxytocin, 
feel great. When you are trying to condition yourself to not masturbate, there is no bonus reward. There is no fireworks going off in your physical system to be like, yay, you did it. So you're going to have to provide that for yourself intentionally. Because the only way that you can change the wiring in your brain and really retrain it to go down different neural pathways is through neglect, by failing to give it the reward. I mean, you know the old saying of if you don't use it, you lose it. Well, the same goes for the opposite. If you don't use that pathway that you have established in your brain of like, go to bed, want to masturbate, masturbate, get the pleasure. If you don't use that over and over and over again, you lose it. But it takes time and it takes intention. And most people don't have enough patience with themselves because all the while your brain is still going to be sending all the signals of like, hey, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it. You should do it. And you have to be the one to be like, no, and I love you. So the way in which I teach this is that we no longer want to be controlled by our most primitive brain that tells us like, you need to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. We want to adopt the mind of Christ. And this is one of the most beautiful things that we have available to us as Christians is that we are able to put on the mind of Christ and think his thoughts. We can borrow his thought patterns and we can practice them over and over and over again because they are rooted in truth and that truth will set us free. Because the alternative is this, the more you masturbate, the less satisfying those orgasms are. Now I want to switch gears a little bit and talk to you about Pavlov's dogs. You heard of them taking any psychology? You know, the ones that you rang a bell and they salivate? Most people know the story of how they trained these dogs that as soon as they rang the little bell, they would give the dogs their food. And soon they conditioned the dogs to ring the bell and then they would salivate whether they got the food or not. But most people don't know that on the other side of the experiment, they reversed it. And what they started to do was ring the bell and not give the dogs the food. And by doing that over and over and over again, they reconditioned the dogs to not salivate at the sound of the bell. And here's where the big difference between what I assume you have heard about how to deal with temptations versus what I want to teach you here today. I think the general idea is that if you have something that you are tempted by, the best thing you can do is avoid it. Just don't be around bells, right? Like don't hear that sound, don't get triggered, and then you'll be okay. You have to use all of your willpower and effort to make sure you're never in a situation in which you will be tempted which is awfully fun when your temptation happens to be your own bed. Like, what are you going to do? This is the problem, right? Like, we are overstimulated everywhere. It's, it's going to be hard to avoid. We cannot eliminate all the bells from your life. That's impossible. So what you need to do is learn not to respond to the bells in that way. 
Because remember, we live in this world, but we are not of this world. And it's not our job to go around the world trying to get (laughs) the TV, music, movie industry to stop putting pornographic images up everywhere, to get the advertising companies to stop using sex to sell things. It's not our job to like try to eliminate temptations from the world, right? Especially when those temptations are like your bed, your shower, being alone at night, like things that you can't avoid that stuff. What are you going to do? You you simply cannot eliminate all the stimuli, all the things in life that could possibly trigger you to want to seek pleasure. So what you're going to have to do is allow the urge to be there without obeying it. And be forewarned, this is going to be an uncomfortable process because in it, you are going to experience negative emotions. You're going to experience deprivation and entitlement and sadness and loneliness and frustration. All of those emotions are going to come up for you and you're going to want to escape from them using your best escape methods, either If it's not masturbation, all the other urges are going to come up too, right? Like, well, if we can't do that, can we have a cookie? Well, if we can't have a cookie, can we have some ice cream? And if we can't have that, like your brain's going to want to find a way to hide from those uncomfortable feelings. And what I want you to do is put on your big girl pants and feel your feelings. Because when you stop answering the call, eventually they stop calling, right? Like just because somebody, okay, so if you've got a prankster who keeps calling your phone and calling your phone and calling your phone and you keep answering and being like, shut up, leave me alone, stop calling this number, I'm going to call the cops. You know, you're just encouraging them. They're going to keep calling. But when you stop answering the phone, eventually, and it does take time, and yes, the ringing of the phone is going to drive you crazy, but eventually you do extinguish the urge. You do extinguish the desire to for the person on the other end to keep calling because there's no longer the reward of hearing you answer the phone and get all frustrated with them. And so we need to develop that within ourselves of like, the brain can keep sending the signals of like, you need to do it, you need to do it, we need this right now. Find some pleasure for us. Please, please, please. We're stressed out. We're frustrated. We're angry. We're hurting. Give us some pleasure. We need some oxytocin. We need some dopamine. And we need to let that all come up and feel it. And it's it's not going to be fun. I'm warning you now. It's not going to be fun. But you can sit with that and you can let those feelings wash over you Be there, be present with them, experience them with love and compassion. I really encourage you, this is a great time to lean into your relationship with God. Let Christ sit there in that discomfort with you. Really see yourself close to the good shepherd, holding his hand through it, letting those feelings come up, letting yourself cry, letting yourself feel whatever you feel, and letting it pass. And then doing it again and again and again for months. And that's probably not going to be very enticing because 
we could have orgasms instead and that would be so much more fun. But we really want to become more aware of what those choices are creating for us in our lives. Now, I want you to think about Pavlov's dogs again for a second. As those scientists were unconditioning them to stop salivating, they didn't have any negative self thoughts, right? Like they didn't get upset with themselves for drooling when the guy rang the bell, like the guy rang the bell and they drooled and they didn't get fed. And so they just had to want food and they did, they just wanted. And Nobody was beating them up and being like, bad dog, stop drooling, stop, stop it. You shouldn't be drooling right now. You shouldn't, don't do that. No, no, no. They just allowed that to take place. Like, yes, of course the dogs were salivating. They were trained to want that, to expect that, and to look forward to it. Of course you're feeling all those feelings. Of course you are. It's not, there's nothing wrong with you. This is not a moral failing on your part. And, you know, I think this is why God has so much compassion and mercy for us because he knows us. We, he knows the reality of our situation and the way he made us and the way our brain works. Like he understands and he provided a solution for that in Christ. He knows you're going to sin. Of course you are. You're a human. You're a human. And none of this surprises him. None of this has caught him off guard and made him feel disappointed or anything else. He just looks at it and is like, okay, I got a solution for that. First, I'm going to give you Jesus. Then I'm going to allow you to adopt the mind of Christ. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit dwell within you. And I'm going to allow you to feel feelings because I wanted you to have feelings. I programmed you with feelings. And it's important for you to allow all of that. For many of you single ladies out there, I know that the idea of not masturbating by yourself again is really terrible. It's just terrible because it's compounded by your fear of not finding a partner. So you're thinking this means if I stop masturbating and I never get married, that means I never get to have an orgasm again. That doesn't seem right. And whether you believe you're getting married or not, I mean, the idea of going through this mental and emotional withdrawal from false pleasures is it's it's a dreadful idea. Like, really, let's be honest. It's not much fun. You're like I said, you're going to experience deprivation and then you're also going to want to buffer with other false pleasures. You're going to want to switch from like, well, if we're not doing this, then we might as well do this. And it's going to be hard. But don't make it harder by being mad or upset with yourself because you can't just stop having that automatic response that if you were the dog, you couldn't stop drooling. I mean, as a human, you know, we're going to have the sexual response. Things are going to get wet and feel fuzzy and buzzy and all that stuff. You're not going to be able to stop that from happening. But you do get to decide how you're going to respond to it. And I want you to get to a place where you're able and capable of responding rather than reacting. So how exactly do we cut back and eventually stop? Well, 
it begins with unlearning the desire to masturbate versus trying to use willpower to resist it. And that requires learning a whole new set of skills for allowing the urge to be there and dealing with those emotions, allowing those emotions to be there and answering them with love and compassion rather than false pleasures. So that means allowing yourself to feel all the feelings, the sadness, the loneliness, the entitlement, all of it, and then adopting the mind of Christ and developing the emotional and spiritual maturity so that you're able to stop trying to escape from your life through false pleasures. And the real light at the end of the tunnel for all of this is if you learn to do this, you can apply these skills to anything you want to unlearn. You can apply it to overeating, over drinking, over sleeping, over spending, whatever you're overdoing in a way that is tearing down your life rather than building it up, you can overcome it. You won't need to live your life through distractions and entertainment and false pleasures if you know how to manage your emotions. Because when you do that work, you free up so much mental space. And then you get to really decide on purpose what you want your life to look like. You have the energy and the resources and the skills to honor your God-given desires and do things that you really want to do, like get married, attract that godly husband, and have a Christ-centered love life. But sin, temptation, buffering, distraction, whatever you want to call it, all these things do is allow you to escape from your life for a moment. But eventually you wake up. And when you do, It all hurts again. All the consequences of your behavior are there again. And you just keep living in that very small comfort zone that you've created for yourself that seems safe, but doesn't really allow you to live the life God died for you to have. So my hope and prayer for you is that you will learn to stop escaping and just deal with the reality of your life. Feel your feelings, embrace the emotions, let them be there, and live your life. So now let me summarize for you the five things you need to do in order to overcome your desire for masturbation. The first thing is you need to learn to control urges and feel your feelings without resistance and reactions. So most of us, when we feel a feeling, we either immediately react to it, we try to control it, we just uh, fight it, push it down, don't feel, don't feel. We get like an Elsa thing going on, like stop feeling. Yeah, that doesn't work. So we need to feel our feelings, which sounds easy, but is actually really, really hard. Nobody taught you to do it. It does not come naturally. We think it should, but the reality is it doesn't. It's super hard, but it's also one of the most powerful things you can do in your life. So I highly recommend that if you get nothing else out of this episode, really take to heart the idea of learning to feel your feelings. The second thing you need to do is begin making all your decisions about your sexual pleasure by adopting the mind of Christ. We don't want to continue to just 
be indulging in whatever comes up and making all of our decisions on autopilot. We don't want to make decisions about what we're going to do with our bodies in the moment, in the midst of the temptation and the frustration of it all. We want to decide ahead of time, really by spending time in the word of God, in the presence of God, looking for the truth within and making our decisions ahead of time and then just following through. This becomes a a process of making godly decisions and then living with integrity, living out those decisions and saying, yep, that's what I committed to doing. This is all about faithfulness. Now, remember, faithfulness comes before self-control when we look at our pyramid of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We need to develop that faithfulness, that gentleness, that kindness, all of those things before we're going to reach that level of self-control. So making the decision ahead of time by adopting the mind of Christ and then allowing ourselves to live into those decisions rather than changing our mind at the last second. The third thing you need to do is really begin managing your thoughts around sexual pleasure. So in the beginning of this episode, I shared a bunch of the common thoughts we all think. This is normal. This is healthy. It's how I release stress. It makes me feel better. Da-da-da-da-da. And really challenging them all. Like, is that true? Would God agree with me? And if they're not true, what do you want to believe about it? Really being intentional about cultivating those new thoughts by really borrowing from the mind of Christ and deciding on purpose that this is the way I'm going to think about it now. I'm choosing on purpose to see my life through a new lens, to see this temptation through a new lens that is for me rather than against me. The fourth thing you need to do is refuse, and I do mean refuse, to beat yourself up. Shame and hating yourself will not get you anywhere. You have to do this by honoring yourself, honoring your relationship with yourself, really building that up, practicing self-love, developing your relationship with God, and ultimately with that person that you hope to marry someday. But hating yourself isn't going to get you there. And I know that for many women, the idea of self-love sounds really cheesy and anti-Christian to some, but the reality is we need to be expressing our love to ourselves because that's really like where all of our thoughts are coming from, which brings me to our fifth thing you need to do is fill your mind with new thoughts and beliefs that counter and answer those old thoughts that you are trying to extinguish and eliminate. I was working with a client who was really struggling with masturbation and wanted to make this change in her life. And she went through a season in which she really was intentional about practicing self-love. She was showing up for herself and being really intentional about the way she presented herself, not to the world, but to herself. And she was taking time for her dinner and for her bedtime routine and to bathe in a really luxurious way and to do all these small acts of kindness. And as she was doing them, she experienced that freedom from those temptations. They 
almost let go of her. So often these like urges hold on to us. But as she was treating herself with more love and kindness and respect, she found that the urges dissipated drastically. But then, you know, she stopped being so intentional about living in that way and treating herself with such a high degree of love. And the temptation came back and she was struggling with it once more. And so I had to really gently remind her, like, those were the things that helped you, that helped you change your frame of mind, that got you into a new mindset, that let you know that you deserve more. You were speaking to yourself with love and with kindness. And in that was the freedom to let go of this false pleasure that was not that fun anyways. So ultimately, the most important decision that I want you to make today is this. Do you want to want masturbation? Is it worth it? If I could take away from you that urge to masturbate, would you want me to do that? Would you want me to do that for you? And if so, or not, why? Please, in all of this, notice the difference between the false desire to masturbate and the God-given desire for marriage. If I ask you the same question, like I asked you, do you want me to take away your desire for masturbation? I'm going to assume that your answer is yes, I want you to take away that desire. But when it comes to marriage, do you want me to take away that desire? For most of you, the answer is going to be no. Now, I have met women who have been like, Lord, just please take away the desire. I don't want to want anymore. I'm tired of wanting because wanting and not receiving is uncomfortable. And that, my friend, is how we have to treat masturbation. We have to get to the place where we stop wanting it because the unfulfilled desire is just not worth it. But when it comes to marriage, especially, I really want to be specific. We're talking about a Christ-centered marriage. That desire is godly. It is from God. It is intrinsic to who you are. It does bring out the very best of you. It brings out and releases so much goodness for you and for the community around you, for people in general. Like marriage is such a blessing, not just for you, but think of all the other people who are blessed when two people love each other in a Christ-centered relationship. That, my friend, is a beautiful thing. And that is what I want for you as well. I want you to live your life in a conscious and vibrant way. Because if we're being honest and real, excess masturbation, oversleeping, overeating, overspending, overdoing anything, it's really all done from this place of unconsciousness, from not being aware, from not taking responsibility, from not showing up as the best version of ourselves, by not being present for our lives. But, you know, Christ came so that you could live in abundance, to live life, the whole thing with the negative emotions and the positive emotions, the highs and the lows, really being present and showing up for your life, not just numbing out of it, 
by escaping through these different forms of false pleasure. And listen, making the effort to overcome masturbation temptation is a way to wake up and to experience that life and to really get into the good stuff and get rid of those things in your life that are really clogging up your experience, that are slowing you down, that are keeping you in that really small comfort zone, which is full of comforts that are actually just false pleasures. They are the illusion of comfort. It's not even a true comfort zone. It's an illusion. So bust out of the comfort zone. It wasn't real anyways, and live your life to the fullest. Now, if you can overcome this urge, you can apply this skill to anything you'd like to have self-mastery over. Again, whether that's eating or drinking or being able to exercise or even go on dates. And I would love to help you do this. I want to invite you to work with me. As a coach, I help women get married, but I don't just act like your cheerleader on the side and push you to go out on more dates. I actually help women take control of their sexual choices, their mental choices, their emotional decisions, all of it. And I help them eliminate overindulgences of all types, whether it's masturbation or eating or sleeping or whatever it is, if you're overindulging in it, I want to show you that there is a process for eliminating it, and it's essentially the same no matter which thing you like to indulge in. I love helping women eliminate the negative consequences in their lives because honestly, if you're overdoing something, there's eventually going to be a consequence to that, right? So if you're overindulging in masturbation, the consequence might be you don't bother to show up for your life and go out there and find somebody you want to share your sexual pleasure with in the form of a Christ-centered marriage. If you're overspending, you're going to have debt. If you're overeating, you're going to have overweight. If you're oversleeping, you're going to miss out on life. And the thing that is really important to me in all of the coaching work that I do is that we're bringing Christ into all of it. This isn't something that you do on your own. You have the opportunity to cooperate and work with the creator of the universe, which is amazing. Like what an extraordinary thing that we can work with God to do God's will, and he will equip us and enable us to do it when we surrender to him and allow him to help us. You know, the beauty of coaching is that it gives you so much clarity and the opportunity to practice discernment. I don't discern for you. I really help you to discern for yourself, to really tune in to the still small voice of God, pay attention to where he's leading you to the next right step according to his will and understanding that all of this is working together for your good, that he is going to take any kind of mess we've made in the past and use it for your good. So if you would like to talk about this some more with me, if you would like me to coach you on it or anything around this topic, 
head over to proverbs2426.com, click on the Get Coached tab, and book your introductory coaching session today. You can choose between a 20-minute session or a full-hour experience, and then you get an opportunity to really know what it's like to work with me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to help reveal to you your thoughts so that you can see the truth for yourself and that truth can set you free. Plus, I'm also going to help expose the lies that have been holding you back and keeping you stuck. Investing in an hour of coaching is honestly one of the best $100 you will ever spend because in coaching with me, you will laugh, you might cry, but... I will pray with you. We will do the hard work together. You will feel supported and I will help you to really get the clarity and confidence you need to do what you want to do, to honor your God-given desires and to stop doing the things you don't want to do. If you get to the end of your coaching session and you don't feel way better about where you're at and where you're headed, let me know and I will refund your investment. But if you decide that one session definitely wasn't enough and you want to keep going, you want to hire me as your full-time coach to come on this journey towards Christ-centered marriage with you, I would love to do that. I love helping women achieve their goal of marriage. And for those people, for you, if that's you, I want to offer you a full year of coaching. I will be the one to come alongside you who you can share all of the weird, awkward, uncomfortable stuff with who gets it, who works with you on it, who provides that sense of safe, sacred space in which to explore your heart, your mind the reality in which you live, and what you want to create in cooperation with God, I will hold that space for you. Together, we will really invite God into those conversations, and we will use your life as the curriculum, as the learning material for what you want to create as you envision and live into your God-given desires. So book your introductory coaching call today. If you love that first session, when we get to the end, ask me about how we can continue to work together and I will offer you a full package if I feel like we're a good fit and that I can really help you get to your end goal and enter into that Christ-centered marriage. My friend, I promise that you can learn to overcome these urges. You can allow them, you can live with them, and you can overcome the temptation, whatever your temptation is. It doesn't have to be masturbation. If, you know, there was truth in everything you heard today, but masturbation isn't your issue, if you got a different thing, all this truth still applies and I can help you with it. Please don't spend another minute sacrificing your God-given desires in exchange for these false pleasures. Get on a coaching call with me. I will help you. And trust me, I have more than enough confidence for the both of us. If you don't feel like you can do this, don't worry. I know that you can. And you can borrow some of my confidence until we build up enough of your own that you believe in this for yourself. 
that is all I have for you, my friend, today. I hope that if you know somebody else who would be blessed by hearing this message, please, please send it over to them. Share it if you feel comfortable on Facebook or wherever you like to share things. Send somebody a discreet email being like, you need to listen to this because we really do need to make this conversation more available, not just with me, but like all of us talking about it together and saying, you know what? I struggle with this and I want to overcome it. And here's what I've learned so far. And here's what I'm working on. I don't think I have all the answers. I have some really great resources and I can absolutely help you succeed. But I know that if we had more conversations, this would only get easier and easier. So please do take a second to share this with someone you love and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That is incredibly helping, helpful for reaching new audiences. And I hope you will help me to get there. I want to reach millions of women around the world with messages of hope and empowerment. And the only way I can do that is if you'll help me. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Until next time, God bless you. 